0: You see, people collect all kinds of things.
1: New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those
2: mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets.
1: This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn.
2: And I'm Jill Huffman.
1: And today we're sitting down with the humans behind Strange Remains Curio. They collect all of the weird and wonderful things and give the, tr- the truly macabre a loving home. Welcome to the show, Jackie and Josh. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Now, you guys are local, but we decided that we all like our comfortability and sitting in our jammies, and we're doing it <laughs> remote, Also, global pandemic.
2: Well, you know, it's still going on.
1: Yeah. But I feel like I always describe it as like being on the other side of a very busy freeway because Jill and I have both had COVID and then Jill's now vaccinated. And like it's, I'm on the other side of the freeway trying to coax my friends across the freeway (laughs) and hoping they don't get hit by a car and the car is COVID. And then if they get hit, it's just like, you're going to be okay, but it's going to suck for about a couple weeks, going to linger for a while. Yeah. So, I feel like I'm like almost like living in sixth sense. <laughs> what? You're like, I'm kind of helping people out. Yeah, I know. Just guiding You're going to get it eventually.
0: So, just get it over with.
1: Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. It's fine. Kind of. Not really.
2: Hopefully.
0: But
2: <laughs> it's kind of. I mean, I'm going on what? Seven weeks of no smell and taste. Yeah. So, maybe you don't really
1: want to get Peace it. Peace be with you. Is that what they say? Peace be with you. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, shaking holy water on me. Yeah, I bought a bunch of little miniature perfume bottles yesterday, and I was rinsing them out because the previous owner decided that let's put some blue dye in these. Because I I get it, and I was shaking them, and one of them was reminiscent of holy water, and I kind of had a moment in my kitchen (laughs) with a perfume bottle, and I was like, "Well, time for bed. (laughs) Time for bed. You've reached that moment. (laughs) Yeah. Which are we surprised? No, no, actually, we're not." So welcome for sitting down with um, our little curiosity show that's just curious in the fact that we're two weirdos. We were talking before we started recording about the way you guys heard about us, because for our listeners at home, uh, Jackie and Josh submitted a story to us, and when we read that they were local and that they had heard about us and all those things, the first thing Jill and I were like, I wonder if they want to be on the show. (laughs) We do. We have, like, a, like a five-minute,
2: and like, no, well, maybe, Uh, well, I don't know. Let's do it. And then we did it, and now
1: we're here. So thank you. But Glad to be here. Yeah. But you two are not Southern Idaho natives, right? No.
3: Uh, we're no. not really native to anywhere. It was kind of confusing filling out the questionnaire, because you asked where our hometown was, and we're like, uh, that's always a kind of a hard question because we both were born somewhere, but then moved around so much growing up that it's hard to kind of pick a place. So I usually just say North Idaho because I spent from like second grade to high school there. And then Josh, where do you normally say you're from?
0: Arizona, yeah, same thing. You know, went to some grades there, but most grades other places. So.
1: Were you guys, were you military
3: families? No. Well, we both have military parents, but that's not the reason why no. we moved. They really? like left the service and then, I don't know, just become nomads for mm-hmm. no reason.
2: Right. Yeah, I get that. I grew up in the Air Force and my husband can tell you, like every three years I get an itch. I'm like, we got to move. We can't stay here anymore. We gotta move. <laughs> and he'll be like, "We okay. just bought a house." I'm like, "I don't
1: care. We gotta move. We have to go now.
0: We gotta bug." Yeah, out.
3: we spent uh, nine years in North, in the same town in North Idaho. Um, most recently, which is the longest either of us have ever lived anywhere, and then we moved to Las Vegas last year,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and we were there for eight nine months
1: and then we came back to idaho well and that's was that because of just the the world we're in right now with the pandemic and stuff
0: yeah we had a our store down there and uh and the whole COVID thing and you know our landlord's weren't the coolest and you know they were telling everyone rent's doing the first doesn't matter and so When you're paying big rent in Vegas, it's not really, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, an option to keep paying when you don't have money coming in.
3: I was just getting tense there. I was just feeling like, I don't want to be in the city. I don't know what's Mm -hmm. happening. This was like, um, so we came here in June. And we had never been to Idaho Falls, but my mom moved here uh, last year. And she liked it and wanted to be by her, so.
1: Yeah, I can um, definitely empathize with the rent thing. I work as a hairdresser and I am a booth rental hairdresser. Um, So that was, and I am thankful to work for somebody that understood how difficult it was and tried to do things to really help us. But it was still like I was still having to pay, even though my son was home with me. I was still paying for daycare. I was still paying for booth rent. I was still paying for my licensing. And so just like that, I just had like a real big shift over the last year of like paying to work really sucks when you're told you can't work, but that's a, that's a whole other episode. It was a really rough, it was, it's rough for everybody, but for sole proprietors and business owners that, um, then this is like my soapboxy thing that the people that are elected to care about could give two fucks about when it comes down to it realistically. It's just, anyways, there's my soapbox. I'll step right back off of it. But yeah, so I, I definitely, I empathize with that, but welcome to Southeastern Idaho.
3: Yeah. We like it a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I love Idaho and I, I, it's kind of like a big city compared to where we were in the boonies. Mm. So it's kind of like best of both worlds where it's like there's stores and Hobby Lobby. I mean, that's really what's important <laughs> to us. <is> hobby lobby. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and restaurants and stuff, but still, you know, it's, it's not that small town feel. So.
1: Yeah. It's a really nice mix. We try and like when we interview people that have no frame of reference for this part of the world, they're like, was your city big? And
2: we're like, kind of. I always say it's a city population with a small town feel. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
1: I I grew up in a super teeny town just south of here. And then Jill was a military brat. And so she gets the no hometown thing too.
2: I know. My sister gets really annoyed with me when I don't say I'm from Idaho. Like I was born (laughs) in Washington. Thank you very much. It's true. That's my hometown, guys.
1: so when i was looking over that questionnaire there was a couple things that i was like what and josh yours was uh particular (laughs) because you had um most people worry about their 14 year old sons doing other things Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then other i'm what the hell was going on where you were like let's figure out how to eat fire and juggle, and
0: you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, as a kid, you know, you get taken to the circus, and you know, you fall in love with it. Well, I mean, I did, anyways. And um, and uh, so then there was a circus. It was a kind of crusty kid type circus. Put it nicely. Yeah. That used uh, <laughs> used to um, call my, uh, where I grew up in Bisbee like their home base, and so. I knew them, and they were teaching me stuff, and um, just kind of fell into it, you know, and and uh, fell in love with the performing. Um, And I learned real quick that those people didn't really care about being good at anything; it was just more like a giant party. (laughs) And uh, and I really wanted to get good at stuff.
2: Yeah, (laughs) good for you. Good for having that goal.
0: Right. So, so I wanted to, you know, achieve, like, you know, I had bigger goals than just like, you know, being in a van with 20 dirty hippies, you know, and traveling the country, like.
3: Or just grossing people out, you know. Yeah, yeah the, the, the
1: shtick factor of it. Yeah. Now, you both fell in love with the circus at a young age and the world of, I guess, more macabre kind of stuff what was that like for the two of you when you first, like, I know my first moment of seeing, like, people collect weird stuff and be like, my people. (laughs) I have to be with them. You're trying to hug them and they're like, stop. Please don't. I just met you. (laughs) What
2: was that like for the two of
1: you?
3: When I was a teenager, you know, I was in North Idaho and uh, I kind of of expressed out a bunch of weird phases, you know, goth and then punk and then, you know, when you have a mohawk in North Idaho, that's not, like, real accepted you know Mm um so you know definitely didn't fit in anywhere uh and i didn't really find my people and a bunch of weirdos until i joined up with um the sideshow and that was when i was 20 and uh i just heard a radio ad i was living in oregon at the time going to college and they were uh promoting a show that they were doing at a bar. And they were talking about, yeah, we're always looking for people to join us. And then they started naming off all their tour dates. They were going to Burning Man and Phoenix Fest and, you know, all these places. And I always loved to travel, but I didn't have any money. But I did have all these weird talents. And so I just like went there and it was at a bar. I was underage. So I just kind of like loitered outside <laughs> till I seemed like midgets and people on stilts walking around very easy to identify (laughs) and then i was just like hey i want to join and they were like cool and i left with them like three days later for like two or three months tour.
1: oh my god that was a roller coaster (laughs) shit oh my i'd just be like hey uh So at that time, like, did you have an act like or were you just full blown fucking fake it till you make it?
3: Well, I was in gymnastics and karate when I was a kid because my parents wanted me to do something physical and have an anger management type outlet. (laughs) So I like knew uh, Taekwondo and how to do cartwheels and handstands and that kind of thing. So, oh wow! Uh, I kind of didn't really like that was my act. So I was like doing kind of uh, acrobats type things, and then uh, like strong woman acts. So karate chopping boards, karate chopping boards on fire. You know, ripping phone books. Type thing. Hell
1: yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. I just I'm making a play date list of like when we come to your house, be like, okay, Jackie can teach me how to break a board with you my know. hands. Josh can teach me how to eat
2: fire. All the while my nurse brain is like, ooh, if you hit that wrong, you're gonna break this
1: bone and well, you're gonna do this. This works in my advantage, because I'll just have mm-hmm. you come along. <laughs> you can I'll bring like my help uh, me. medical medical on site. On site.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mothball medical. yeah we have been hurt many times uh yeah i have (laughs)
1: like i have literal like a a rolodex of questions in my head that i was like now's your chance (laughs) no let him everybody has that dream when they're growing up of like running away with the circus and performing right i think a like a lot of us want to perform at any capacity well i say a lot of us but like most people. I always wanted to be a performer in whatever way I could be. Right. I was always that type of kid. And I remember thinking like, if I could join the circus, I could be X, Y, Z and falling in love with that iconography and the world of it and the mystique of it. I still love it. I love when I see it in a TV show. I love when I see it come through town. All of it. I love all of it like when you were both joining these troops of people, did you find like your mentors inside of it? Was it a really helpful community? Is it like, what is the community like behind the scenes for the, for us?
0: Well, so I found I had like different stages of mentors. You know, I, I knew some people um, in the fire performing community who were top notch at, you know, what they did. And, um, I got a study with them at a young age and, uh, that was neat, so I got to learn that stuff. But they were still in that same boat where, you know, they didn't want to really do professional shows or, you know, really try too much. Um, so, you know, I took all that knowledge. And uh, it's it's interesting because when I was a kid and I used to go watch this one circus set up all the time, I used to watch them set it up with an elephant. The elephant would push up the poles and everything. And um, when I was 20 three, I ended up working for the guy who was that elephant trainer. And I ended up working for him and managing his show for, you know, almost a decade. And uh, he was one of the best mentors I ever had, you know, because he knew everyone in the circus world. And, and, um, you know, his knowledge was just amazing. You know, it's, you can't just be like one thing, you know, you're not just a fire eater, you're not just a, a juggler, you're, you know, you have 30 different acts. And whatever they need, you go out and do. Um, so that was awesome because I learned all that stuff. And, you know, now we have a pretty sweet practice area set up. And, you know, anytime we want, we can go mess around with stuff. So it's always good.
1: That is so my face. I'm just, Sam is so giddy right now. She can't sit still. I can't. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So when, when you were learning I, how to eat fire... Because mm-hmm. I mean, animalistically, fire bad. Mm-hmm. Fire eat fire also bad. Why Josh eat fire? How <laughs> Josh eat fire? This is what my brain is doing. <laughs> right? How? How did you? How?
0: It's it's something that's you know there's there's some secret tips to it and what to be it like actually good at it.
1: If you told me, you'd have to kill me. You it kind of here, right. kind of all
0: right. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that's pretty amazing because after, you know, I've been eating fire for, I don't know, I'd say like 18 years, something like that, maybe. And um, every time I go to the dentist, I'm always like afraid that the, that the flames and the heats of like brewing my teeth. They always say I have like amazing teeth. And I'm like, oh, good. That was my question.
2: I wanted to know the inside. Like, what's your mouth Mm -hmm. look like (laughs) on the inside? Like, right. And does it have a taste?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's just, you know, but it's, it's being uh, like as safe as possible. That's the key is like to do, you know, a lot of people just want to watch a video and think they can go do it. But, (laughs) you know, there is things you want you want to be trained how to do, and that's one of them for yeah, sure.
3: Yeah, disclaimer: don't try this at home, listeners. Yeah, yeah
0: it's yeah. like
3: you're like a fire-breathing
1: sommelier. Like you have to go through so many different yeah. types of training.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and 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 fire blowing is actually I uh, a lot more dangerous than fire eating.
1: Because um, that's um, with of, isn't that with alcohol, right?
0: Uh, that's a common without, misconception. If, that's a misconception. You can do it with alcohol. But that's also, like, one of the number one causes of people setting their faces on fire.
1: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I got to put a huge disclaimer at the beginning of this episode before yeah. it plays. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, right. You know, we are and not people, responsible. Yeah, people just don't think about things like, you know, when you have a mouth full of gas, <laughs> you're breathing through your nose. Where are those fumes going?
1: Oh, oh Jesus.
0: Right? Because, you know, there's the canal that goes from your nose into your mouth. So you're just filling your lungs full oh, of uh. good Lord. Yep. Yeah. So, you must, it's things you really want to be trained by a professional to do.
3: Yeah, I, I did want to say, like, we got into the business separately, and then we met when we were already doing it.
1: That was my next question.
3: We were with different shows, and then mm-hmm. the show I was in went to his show that was set up at the carnival in Austin, Texas. To do a photo shoot. And that's where I met mm-hmm. him. And I met him. When I was 21. And we've been together. For like 12 years.
2: Oh, Fantastic.
3: Well I'm not counting. Because okay. we didn't start dating right away. Well,
0: I, I, mean, I, just saying <laughs> I think you're short in a couple of years. I
3: might be shorting a couple of years. But yeah. So then we met. And then eventually started dating and fell in love. And then we started touring together and we toured together on that show. He was talking about with his mentor and, uh, that was a museum type show. Mm -hmm. So it was a huge collection, amazing, uh, oddities and then living animals as well. And we toured all over the carnival circuit with that show for a long time. Because that was, you know, I
1: was looking over the antiques and stuff that you sent me photos of. And I'm like, these are the types of things you only come across if you know people. And if you know yeah. the people inside of the community. Because you guys have some truly rare pieces in your collection. Like, I was telling Jill, I, I want to talk about the Cyclops. <laughs> I want to talk about the wax hand. I want to talk about all of it, but there was like, that is truly a sideshow piece. Mm-hmm. How did you, so for the listeners at home, will you explain to them what this item is and how you came across it?
0: What? Which one? I- the sideshow.
1: <laughs> like, There's so many. The, yeah. the, the baby.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, I, the museum that uh, I used to run, um, red-eye louis toured on there for years and years uh as a featured attraction and um so uh um jim was his name he ended up uh passing away i want to say four four or five years ago and um his uh wife had all the the show stuff and um so she she eventually sold it to us so we got you know red Eye Louie with that and a Two-Headed Cow, a bunch of other cool stuff. Um, but Louie has been, like, since I started working from the day I saw Louie, I was just, I was in love. I mean, he's the coolest you know, little Cyclops baby you ever see. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, I've spent so many uh, years and so many different carnivals you know, showing that little guy. I was just like, he had to be You know part of our home Mm -hmm. (laughs) now he sits in our closet and everything out
3: in the front of
0: the show do you remember the ballet tape for him what did they say oh so so the yeah we had a big banner out front for him and uh it had a because you always make everything seem way more interesting on the outside to draw the attention and, and uh red eye louie was um he had a little goggle on and he was getting shot out of a cannon and so it's flying through the air. It's actually it was my, my favorite banners, too. I have it tattooed on my side because I loved it so much.
1: That's awesome. Because <laughs> I, um, I was telling Jill about your antiques, and I was like, they have this Cyclops. I know, and I just looked at it, and I'm like, he was like, what? What? Because he's preserved in multiple ways. root uh, <laughs> As you do. For the for the listeners at home that are still with us, <laughs> we know this isn't a common item, but it's interesting, and I it's one of the things you know we talked about in a previous episode about um another uh um Evan um Mickelson from Evan Obscura like uh, Obscura Antiques yep. she has a Victorian coffin with a child inside mm-hmm. of it, and I think you know when you're outside of there are so, there, so there's the antique umbrella and collecting umbrella. And then underneath of it is all the different niche pockets of things you can collect. Yeah. And depending on where you land, like we talk about antiques having their own personal owner and who, mm-hmm. who they choose to live with. And I always find, I see the beautiful aspect of keeping those types of items. Because when this baby was born at the time that he was born... He would have never had any type of uh, real affection or love or any of those things because they just they didn't do that with anything that was different.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I think that it's beautiful and I think that it's.
2: Yeah. And it just shows you like, you know, everybody collects their own thing. There's, mm-hmm. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: that's not
2: something I would collect, but I think it's cool. There's mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. a collector yeah, for everything. Yeah, And and I, I mean, I, I, I like Louis, and I love all the, you know, oddities and stuff like that. Honestly, my hugest collection is of old circus memorabilia. You know, I literally have thousands and thousands of old programs and tickets and, Ugh. you know, uh, clothing and, you know, you name it. We literally have like an archive started.
1: I can't wait yeah. to see it. I know. Right. I can't wait.
0: And and that stuff is a little bit easier to come across than say, red eye Mm Louie, you know, Um, so Louie gets to stay in the house while the other stuff gets to go out in the garage. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's a house baby.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's our only kid. So, yeah. I mean, you should keep,
2: you know, it is keep (laughs) keep it in the house.
0: Uh, well, I realize how much of a bad parent I am because I only dust him maybe once every two years.
1: That's right. We won't We won't call anybody. Fine, we won't tell anybody. You no. Know, he likes it. to be covered in dust. It keeps him warm. Now, when you That's guys, when you were living in Vegas and you had your shop in Vegas, mm-hmm. was it like a full shop? Was it a booth? Did you, what, what was it like? What did you guys have in your store? Uh,
3: it was a very small shop. Um, it was in uh, a shipping container, actually. Mm-hmm.
0: And um,
3: we had some kind of hard-to-find type oddities for sale, uh, but we also had uh, a lot of things that we made. We're Mm -hmm. big crafters,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: so um, a lot of jewelry and little displays and things that we made, and then uh, bugs, just a bunch of weird stuff, butterflies Mm -hmm. and uh, taxidermy and
0: yeah, and, and we'll kind of shout out to Shadow Domain here in town because we actually have a lot of stuff in there.
1: <gasps> Do you really?
0: And, and Julie is super cool, and we love supporting her store. And she's the reason we didn't open a store here because she is such a cool person, and we really like what she's doing.
3: Yeah, and their store has been open for such a long time. So we've been um, making stuff and bringing um, mm-hmm. stuff down there and selling
1: it's truly like a <laughs> staple
2: in the community, the shadow domain. I know. I always drive by it and my husband's like, let's just go in. I'm like, no, we look like those people that would be out of place and not know what we're doing. And <laughs>
3: now go in, check it out. There's some really cool stuff in there. Mm-hmm.
1: I I remember when it was across the street Yeah. in the old house. And I remember the first time I went in there was during my alt phase, which it's not really a phase. But in high school and I was going through it, I was just like oh there is things like this i can collect things like this i can you know because it was before like our town had hot topic or like you know anything like Mm -hmm. that to really scratch that itch of being in a really really conservative town as somebody who is most definitely not really conservative (laughs) and it was like oh these are my people (laughs) i can see that yeah so it was you know it was a nice a nice community to know that it already existed here. And then, you know, like I'm sure you guys know from working in the line of work that you guys did and traveling in that, like that sense of community is irreplaceable.
0: Yeah.
1: Especially what is it like traveling and performing? And like, do you even get to see a town that you're in or is it just another stop or?
0: Well, so, uh, when I was on tour, it was 11 months out of the year and then we'd get back to winter quarters and you put everything away for a week, you get two weeks off, then you come back a week and then get everything going again. Um, so, but when you get to a new town, you know, I can tell you where Walmart is everywhere in the country. <laughs> like, I mean, one of the grocery stores, uh, but me being like, kind of like really into history and weird things. um I would go to every museum and every town we'd stop in and, um, go, go look at a lot of the cool history stuff. Um, so I got to see a lot of that that I probably never would have got seen if I just, you know, worked a normal job and stayed in the same town forever.
3: Right. Uh, Right.
0: So I thought that was really awesome. I love doing that. I think
3: it depends on what show you're really traveling Mm -hmm. with. Cause like, for me, it was a lot of parking lots, you know, like with, uh, Like I toured on Ozfest and it was just like amphitheater parking lots. Next day you do a jump, you do your show, work all day, you know, the next day you move again. So there wasn't a lot of like sightseeing, but like when I was on the show with Josh, you know, we had our own car and we did more exploring Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So we've been to almost every state. I know I haven't been to like New England area. Like I've never been to Rhode Island or. Uh, way up in the little deal on uh, New you know yeah. New England, but
1: I've been everywhere else, Wow, yeah, and I guess I've never really thought about I mean the two different types of scenarios of traveling acts and like yeah. listening, I'm thinking of all the things that I've seen like come through town like. Um, like the little, like um, they've had like the wrestling that's come through town or mm-hmm. they have some circuses that are mostly animal-based and dancer and acrobat kind of circuses. Like is that, so you have the base, you know, circus that we all know about and then it, it sounds right. like there's branches that even yeah, extend it, off of that that travel around?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like so so typically – um when uh, you're touring with a circus, you're doing um, circus jumps, which you're in a town for a day or two if you're lucky, and then you're you're moving. And um, I did a lot of carnival jumps as well, where we we did carnivals for years, which I like those more because you you go set up on a usually like a Sunday, and then you open by Wednesday, and so you have a couple days off, um, and then you know you just you work Saturday night, you know till midnight, you tear everything down. Hop in the trucks, you drive to the next spot. Um, sometimes you're driving, you know, 12, 14 hours mm-hmm. uh, straight, park, sleep for a few hours, set everything up. Um, the circus was, is, is, uh, the jumps are usually a little bit shorter, um, just because, you know, you're setting up for a day, go down, you know, and they, that, that's when you're doing like, you know, 40 miles, you know, 80 miles, you know, so it's a little different. And then, yeah, parking lots, if you're doing the, big festival circuit like that
3: yeah plus if you're doing like the carnival circuit the setup is like setting up an entire giant tent pounding stakes into the Mm. ground putting up sidewall you know it's really hard work and then like i did shows like on club circuits so Mm. in that kind of case or like amphitheater course you know you are traveling quite a bit you're not there very much maybe a day or two you go set up do your sound check you know do the show actually like the that's a lot easier doing the club shows and the amphitheater shows and stuff it's like on the carnival it's a grind show so i mean on a club show you have one performance a night probably maybe two in the grind show you have a show that's what like 20 minutes long
0: No no. 15. <laughs> well the thing with the grind shows is if you have a packed tent, the faster you're turning that the people in the tent and you're getting the tips, the more money you're making. So there there was some days we did the uh, Salt Lake City uh, state fair in Salt Lake City and we were doing shows every 10 minutes. And we were doing this for, you know, 10 hours a day oh, at God. least My hell. But then at the but end of the end of the 11 days you have stacks and stacks of money like
3: like you're a stripper one one, (laughs) (laughs) but
0: but, you know so it's just it is definitely a lot easier doing just um the the shows like that i used to do like renaissance fairs and all kinds of stuff like that too which were pretty fun you know three shows a day you show up and do them um those are fun and uh, I did a governor's inaugurational ball, and I thought that was kind of neat. I just yeah. showed up, <laughs> did my stuff and was gone in an hour. I'm like, well, I like this. They pay good.
3: Yeah, I did the whole uh, touring thing for only like five years or something, and I haven't I retired from performing uh, about eleven years ago, and I don't really have an interest of performing personally anymore. Josh still does shows. I'm a musician so i do still do music and you know would probably perform in that capacity uh, but really we want to take our museum out again
1: yeah so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i want to i want to ask what what because i want to get to your museum and your your collections outside of performing but i just want to know what acts did you guys perform? Because my brain is curious. Because if you did 10-minute turnaround shows, are you coming out? You're not, Are you coming out and doing the same thing, or are you switching it up?
0: Um, when we were doing that, it's it, because the tent is all new people every time it circulates. So it was the same show, which gets really old and really, you know, but you just fly through it, because you know what happens. Um, and, uh, you know, it's fun. But sometimes, too, you get you get a little um, kind of complacent and like, oh, same thing. You you stop paying attention, mm-hmm. which has backfired. Um, uh, and because uh, we used to do, uh, so we would start with her doing some some acrobats. Yeah,
3: like you know, and, handstands, cartwheels, balancing yeah. type
0: thing. Yep, and then we would do a Miss Electra act where I would electrocute her. And she would uh, then light torches. I, I'd have my fire-eating torches. She could light them with her fingertip. And um, then I would eat fire. And then we would, you know, turn, turn the crowd, sell pitch cards and whatnot. Wow. Uh, but like wow. I was saying, sometimes you, you do it so much that you just kind of get kind of bored, not paying attention. So one time she was on the electric box. And I had my torches. And she's getting ready to, uh, to light them. And she, she wasn't really paying attention. She just sticks her, her hand up. <laughs> finger to touch the torch. Well, she arched, She went right towards my zipper, which arced right to my zipper. <laughs> and, <laughs> and made for a not fun situation. Wrong torch, Jackie. Wrong <laughs> torch. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. She lit it up, that's for sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> little impromptu.
0: Right. Oh, oh. <laughs> One of my favorite things is when
3: One day we were doing a show in the tent, and he was eating fire, and a moth flew right into the flame and right and then fell into his mouth.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and it was a big moth, too. (laughs) It was pretty gross. He's
1: just like, What?
3: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) well, when stuff like that happens, you just got to roll with it. You get real good at like impromptu, Mm -hmm. so yeah it being a bug eating act as well like
1: <laughs> trying that. out some new stuff for the stage yeah. new jokes for yeah. you guys tonight <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah i trained it to do that yeah
1: That's like, it's, oh. it's
0: months of training
1: i've been on stage not as a act like that but acting and stuff and mm-hmm. there was one night i got a tickle in my throat that made me cough And I luckily only had like little bits of filler dialogue, but I had to like, it was like the middle of the show run, right? So it's the same repetitive blocking motions. You go through all the same stuff and I get up and walk up stage to where I know there's liquid because I can't (laughs) leave the stage. And I just, my back is turned to the audience. I look like I'm making cups of coffee and I'm like... like just as i'm trying not to cough everywhere and my castmates are like what the fuck is happening so they're saying my lines and then the it was the end of the act and i run off stage and i like cough into a pillow and they're like are you okay i thought you were having a stroke and i'm like no (laughs) i just couldn't stand up there and just cough
0: so loud that was
1: before coughing was really feared
0: (laughs) right right
3: (laughs) Yeah, like as a musician, when you mess up, when you're playing, you just gotta keep going. Most mm-hmm. time people don't notice it. It's like when you stop and you're like Oh, oh no. let's yeah. Start yeah. over <laughs> or you know, you make a scene. Most of the time people don't even notice.
1: It. No, but I will song overthink song. it for at least six months. At mm-hmm. least. Oh, yeah. When I would screw up or like if you're singing and you hit like you just come right underneath a note a little flat and you're like, Well, now everybody knows you're a phony. You faker. <laughs> Get out of here!
2: <laughs> don't worry. As a person who doesn't perform at all, we don't ever notice. Oh, thank God! Thanks for being the help. I'm just us. like that's amazing. Look at that. Look right? at what they're doing.
1: <laughs> so, you guys, we had we had talked about this a little bit over our emails, and you guys briefly mentioned too about having wanting to have a traveling museum. Mm-hmm. Is this kind of in remembrance or th- a hearken to what you did for so long, Josh?
0: Well, we, we've had one for, for years off and on, um, you know, different stages of one. Um, just, you know, we have like a single O, which is like, you know, just single attraction you could set up. And we also have a big tent with all the banners and the banner line as well. And uh, we put that one together right before we left to Vegas and um, haven't got to take that one out yet. So, um, you know, it's one thing we want to do. Yeah, just to keep it alive because there's not a whole lot of them left anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but you know, one of the other things we really want is a permanent museum. And, um, that's what we'd love to do here is find a, you know, building we could just have, you know, big enough building to have the museum and some archives and who knows, maybe a circus school.
1: Well, I think that would be, yeah. cause we have, there's a local acrobat troupe here mm-hmm. in town. And the one, do you, have you, do you know who they are? Have you heard of them? And yeah. one of the, the guy that runs it was a performer for a really, really long time. I'll get I'll see if I can find his information um, yeah. and send it to you guys, because I think you guys live close to each other.
0: Nice. Oh, cool.
1: So yeah. I think that that would be f- a fantastic thing because we are growing, you know, quite mm-hmm. rapidly here. And to have kind of a place that people from, you know, you've Salt Lake, Boise, all those different places could travel to to learn how to do that safely. Oh, yeah. Rather than you know, YouTubing our lives away to figure out how to do stuff,
0: right? Right, right on
3: YouTube, well, I-, I can do it, <laughs> right? And there's plenty of things for kids, you know, like mm. juggling, unicycling, and um, tightrope, yeah, rope. Um, rope spinning, yeah. Diablos, mm-hmm. uh, what is that? Rollerboard. yeah, there's a lot of things for mm. that kids enjoy, be good at that's not like fire, sore swallowing, you know what I mean, like super dangerous. I would yeah.
1: much rather take my kid to circus school than, like, anything else. Literally anything else. <laughs> I'd be like, no, actually, um, sorry, he can't come today. He has circus school. He's got circus school, guys. So
0: <laughs>
2: we'll have to reschedule the play date. Circus school. Yeah, what's that for? and Josh has business. taught,
3: you know, circus classes before.
2: So. Yep. Yeah, I want to learn how to juggle, Josh. So if you could help me
1: with that. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. I'm a good juggler. I was. I That's like the
2: one thing I've always wanted to be able to do.
1: Learn to do it. You have to
2: learn be a trick able. for the
0: show. Yeah. Could teach you to juggle chainsaws eventually.
2: Yeah. You know? I don't know. My my nurse brain would kick in and be like, no, danger. What if we teach you to juggle Pyrex?
3: <gasps> Ew, I don't know if I could.
1: Jill loves Pyrex.
3: <laughs> yeah. When you guys get a chance to come over and see the collection, we do have like all the juggling.
1: Clubs, balls, torches. I saw the saw sticks. Oh yeah. On TikTok. Oh yeah. Oh man. So I just I want to ask because I'm curious. Do you collect normal things too? <laughs> I say normal in <laughs> quotations. Like, like, What's normal?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's okay uh, if you
1: don't because I think that's even better.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Like, do
1: you collect glassware? Do you collect, like, I collect uranium
0: glass. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if it's uranium, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the one thing I always look for that would, I guess, be normal-ish is uh, old um, hair tonic bottles, like sarcassian bottles. But you, I never find them, and I look everywhere.
1: I just saw some, I don't know if they're hair tonic, but they were, like, dandruff hair. Like- oh, they were, uh, but their glass bottles was some type of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At-
0: yep, up at up at the the train train track side, mom. Yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw those too. I, I always look for the Circassians because they were sideshow like kind of snake oil oh. um, performers, and they would they had the long luscious hair, and they would say, "Oh, you use this tonic, and you'll grow hair like ours." That's so cool. As a hairdresser, really can confirm
1: right. if anybody ever tells you that it's a big fat lie.
0: Right. Whatever.
1: <laughs> the stuff I, like I use to, it. It grows fast.
3: <laughs> I like to collect toys from the 80s mm. from when I was a kid. Like oh, we God. just got a glowworm <gasps> lunch box yesterday. And mm-hmm. like I got one of those Fisher Price clocks, you know? Oh, yeah. I like the little peeps. Little, and uh, I I picked up some of those uh critters. I forgot. I didn't know they rebranded them and now they're making new ones. They're like, I forgot what they're called, but they're like little squirrels and little bunnies dressed oh. in clothes. Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, what? My friend's kids plays with those. What are those? Yeah. We'll figure it out they're, in the curio. Course. I know. I used I to have so them so when
3: curious. I was a kid, and then they like rebranded them and they're releasing like new ones. Is it Calico At Critters? Fox?
1: Yes.
3: Yes. yes. And like, I love, I don't have any of these, but I really want to get like a Polly Pocket. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they had like the little the guy one. I forgot. I love tiny things. So I also have a lot of like really small miniature things. Yeah. Same tiny thing. I
2: feel like if you three were ever in an estate sale together, it would just be a big fight. We would physically fight each other. I would just mm-hmm. be like, Okay guys, let's put it all in a circle and we'll separate it Absolutely evenly. Not. I refuse. <laughs> As what? I hoard my Pyrex and nobody's <laughs> allowed to touch it. I, it's, oh
3: yeah yeah and right. since we're the same time town too like you know we go to all the thrift stores and antique stores we're probably like buying that stuff that you left behind or mm-hmm. hasn't seen yet and you guys are getting the other half of the stuff
1: i come to your house and i'm like you son of a bitch
3: <laughs> <laughs> i also like to collect like uh catholic stuff i'm not catholic but I have like a whole bunch of the saint medallions that I like to collect Mm -hmm. and then like Virgin Mary statues, little shrines and stuff
1: like that. Good to know if I ever see any in the wild. I just I was at Goodwill last week and there was a Catholic hanging on the wall and it has like the the, not LEDs, but like the uh, fiber optics and it's like the plastic. It almost looks like Sirocco and it has a picture of pretty Jesus. I think my yeah. grandma had one on my dad's. They side. may it may still be there. You got to jet over after <laughs> this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let let's
1: uh, show you can't see, but you know. Yeah, it was so similar to that. It was like, yeah. almost just like that, but with pretty Jesus and then some pretty Jesus, some uh, greenery. Oh, great. As you would.
2: <laughs> well, you I mean that's normal. for the
1: listeners at home. They turn to show us a, an antique that they have. That's very. I don't would say vintage antiques. Pushing it. Yeah, vintage, yeah. vintage, as you will. Yeah, I'm not um, a religious person by any means, but I think that religious iconography is really beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: You know, you you figure all of the time and uh, money that's been spent to make religious items beautiful. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate. Uh, paintings and different stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, the paintings I really love and sculptural work and mm-hmm. yeah, because and I like my collection definitely has changed since we started the show, and now it's gone to like I, I see stuff that's really frequent that I didn't know was really frequent, so now my collection has gone past it. Like I collect hair art because I'm a hairdresser, yeah. so I collect hair and bundles of hair and hair jewelry and all of those things but because of this damn show i can't start at like the beginner level of the finding random things i'm like now here and it's frustrating because i'm just like
3: yeah we've got some hair art stuff
0: yeah 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 we really like the old victorian uh uh, memento mori brooches and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm.
3: yeah so we've got some brooches with the braided hair and stuff uh, like that you yeah. know
0: and, and some of the bigger artwork pieces
3: yeah and- i got this big framed piece it's got like all these paper angels and stuff and then mm-hmm. like a piece of hair in there it must uh, have been like a moment for or like.
2: Okay. so don't worry guys when we do come over i will pat sam down before we leave <laughs> To make sure she hasn't taken anything. i come like
1: in a snowsuit. I'm just yeah. like, no, I'm cold all the time. I have to wear this because I have poor circulation.
3: Well, we've got so many different types of things. How I would like to set up the museum is like in sections. Yes. So like monsters of the deep and have all of our ocean stuff and then dinosaurs and like indigenous people and have like all of our stuff from there. And then. Have an Egyptian section because we have a lot of like mummy wrappings oh. and stuff. I and, wanted you know, to talk about your different cat. Different sections like that where you can just like go around, but there's like so many different and unrelated type things that it would kind of be like a, a journey, like around the world and whatever days. yeah, so cool. that needs to happen.
1: Cause I saw, so I watched, there was a Netflix documentary, um, recently that has, they're uncovering a large tomb in Egypt Mm. and there was hundreds of mummified cats. And then they found one of the first mummified, um, lion cubs. Ooh, I read about that inside the tomb. And I saw the picture you sent us and I like, it was one of those things where it was like connecting the dots in my brain of being like, this is this thing. How did you come across a mummified cat that's still in the wrapping?
0: Well, um, I mean, you can find them Like I know a couple of them available right now. They're super expensive. Oh, damn it. Not yet. You can find crows. Um, a bit cheaper, you know, birds and whatnot. Uh, but when I say cheap, I'm talking, you know, 25 3500
1: Yeah.
2: You
0: know, cats.
1: Yeah. I'll just
2: sell you my know, car. Um, you don't need a
0: car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even alligators, little baby, little no. like caimans and stuff. Um, oh. But ours kind of just, you know, we just fell into it. It's one of those things where, you know, um, someone told me they had it and they were like, you know, are you interested in it? And at first I was like, well, you know, they weren't ex- describing it to me very well. And I was like, I'm thinking a mummified cat, right? Which I would still buy because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a mummified cat. Sure. Um, so, so I ended up making the deal for it and I got it and I was like, holy shit, this is, you know, an Egyptian mummified cat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not just a mummified cat. What's
1: Cause that? yeah, it's still in the <laughs> wrapping.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. And, um, I've been wanting to get it x-rayed because uh, a lot of times they would um, put little gold uh, medallions and stuff inside of the wrappings. So I'd love to see if there's anything in there. I
1: was like, don't you have a line on x-rays, Jill, or something? I mean, after hours, if I snuck
2: people in, I'd be like, it's (laughs) fine, guys. I will wipe and sanitize the x-ray machine.
1: Holy shit. The picture of the I cat you sent to us.
3: And try to, like, yeah. it it's <laughs> fine.
2: I'll just be like, God, like my chest has been hurting. Can we just like x-ray right here? <laughs> like, Jill, why does
3: it look like you have a
1: baguette under your shirt?
2: Like, what is that? <laughs> it's COVID, okay? This is what happens
1: when you get COVID. You get a lump right down the center. You right. just it's it's you just turn into a mummy,
2: is what happens. So like you'll walk in, I'll be like, Oh, these are patients, guys. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine.
3: Just come on back. They're fine. So we have the mummy cat, but then we also have like uh, various wrappings mm-hmm. from mummies.
0: From Egyptian mummies, Peruvian mummies. We have, you know, skin, uh, hair. Okay, all this kinds is of a different... fun fact.
3: And
0: then what is that, shabatis? Uh,
2: yeah, the little...
0: little figurines they put in and stuff. As well. You love
2: mummies, Jill? I love, oh, Egyptian anything mm-hmm. I love.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, me too. Egyptian oh. and, uh, you know... All that kind of stuff, um, just anything old, like, I just, I love it. We've got some of lip plates and um,
3: some <sighs> um, cannibal forks.
0: Yep, cannibal forks. And- Which, I mean, that's pretty sophisticated.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to
2: have yeah. a
0: certain fork. Well, you don't eat with your hands when it's. sounds I mean, you
1: have a salad fork, you have to have the cannibal fork. Honey, have you seen the brain forks? I can't find, mm-hmm. what about the liver pate knife? Did you... <laughs> <laughs> did you, Cheryl? Did Cheryl bring that back from our night over? That bitch, still we has have
2: it. china. <laughs> yeah.
1: Have you? Did you guys see the pattern for the Cannibal porks porcelain? It's gorgeous. I can't believe what they've done. The ferns.
3: So speaking of cannibals, too, you know we collect a uh, movie and TV uh, props uh, as well from, uh, and a lot of them from like stuff that we like that's not even popular. Like, we we did buy an outfit from the last man on earth with Will Forte, uh, the cannibal guy on this. Carl. Carl. We got some of his clothes.
0: Yeah.
3: I, so my, this is what my brain
1: just did. Speaking of cannibals (laughs) and then movie props, my brain went straight to Cannibal Holocaust. And then you did a real sharp U turn to last man on earth and then I was like, Wait a minute and then my brain went, Oh my god, Carl. Carl <laughs> All very cool. Wherever it ended up, I'm very
2: pleased with it. I know. <laughs> it was a good journey.
3: We got a lot of zombie stuff too, like um from Z Nation, which uh was filmed in Spokane, right? Yes.
1: got
2: a lot of
3: stuff from z nation
2: yeah we were my husband was graduating from grad school when they were setting it up or something i can't remember we were there for some zombie movie i can't remember my husband and my daughter are both obsessed with zombies but again my nurse brain kicks in i'm like that's not logical that you say (laughs) and then my husband's like yeah but you believe in werewolves and vampires i'm like yeah that's logical don't, yeah,
3: for, for vampires, like I just got this ring. Uh, we got officially engaged this oh, year. Congratulations! This is, this is uh, Jessica's ring from True Blood.
0: Yeah, it took me forever. Well, we to have to go down. now because okay, well.
3: officially, fuck off. Like,
1: <laughs> we're losing internet connection. Wait. What? Well, see, see, How I in the, the hell? <laughs> like, I've gone through a lot of emotions, That's but sweating.
0: now
1: I've covered the seven well, deadly sins of emotion.
0: M- well, see, my thought too was like, you know, I mean, we've been together for so long, and I was like, you know, I'm not gonna get go to the jewelry store and get some stupid ring.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But I was like, I'm gonna track down something that actually, you know, is
3: cool. one of a kind.
0: One of a kind. Actual ring from the show with vampires, which I like, which is forever. <sighs> yeah. See?
1: I just it's I just, just making
0: every other guy step his game up.
1: I'm dead right now. Yeah. That I'm is dead. like I gotta call my husband and be like, You remember how you just bought me just like a regular ring? <laughs> yeah, you know what Josh did?
0: Yeah. Uh, spent Jessica months.
1: Frank. I'm like, how did you months. acquire that?
0: Uh, I had to track down when it was sold, find all kinds of, you know, went because I'm in a lot of groups with uh, where they sell movie stuff, and I follow all the auctions when they're auctioning certain movies and shows, and yeah, it, it's a while.
3: We got some stuff from the Flintstones too, which <laughs> is like unlike any
0: of the other stuff. did yeah. you got Bam Bam. Oh no, 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 I got I, there's a lot of Flintstone stuff
3: if it, my
1: my holy grail movie stuff would be from the labyrinth yeah
2: yes, it would be which
0: the labyrinth they actually just um had an auction and were selling like david bowie's the crystal balls and stuff went so insanely high oh, i could huh? never
1: afford it i could never
0: oh i know i was excited at first i was like oh they're at 500 dollars uh, i could afford this and then no
2: and then it just went
1: the closest the closest bit of memorabilia I have for that movie is my dad winters in Arizona, and he was mm-hmm. at this like warehouse estate sale antique hoarder you know collection and uh by the cash register, they had a box full of buttons like. Uh, and he starts digging through it, and he sees the uh, labyrinth button float to the top. And it was from the original release of the movie, the advertising that went around. And it's um, Jareth and Sarah, like the just the quintessential labyrinth yeah. iconography. Then that I have the worm tattooed. My brother and I have matching labyrinth tattoos. He has the worm, mm. and then our tattoo artist, who's local, drew up what the misses would look like. And she has like purple hair and pearls and a scarf and it's my favorite.
3: Oh. I'm gonna grab Josh grab our, our most recent collection that we just got for the uh kind of movie memorabilia type stuff. I feel like we're
1: it's gonna just... pee ourselves. I just don't wanna be mad at you again, you know? <laughs> I just don't wanna be upset. I just don't know if I should like you or not. Oh god.
0: Oh, I don't know. Especially with this one. Oh god, oh, what no. is it? yeah Guys,
3: we so got sh- a
1: gremlin
2: okay
3: we we're, a gremlin done. we're done we're done okay Ugh, he's oh, beautiful he's so cute yeah he's got a like hole inside of him where you can control like his ear and make him look around you
1: know oh <laughs> i just
2: you know when i was little i had a little gizmo uh-huh that's the name gizmo yeah, gizmo but... And um, I lost him. To this day, I wish I could find another oh, one. No, he was my favorite. He like always go with me everywhere. <laughs> I just make gremlin
1: jokes about my toddler.
2: I do that too. I always tell my husband, I was like, we can't feed the kids past nighttime. They're gonna no, past sh- midnight. Oh. Don't get him wet.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Wet. Don't
2: get him wet. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, holy shit! Don't get anything wet.
1: Oh no! I want to watch <laughs> gremlins. <laughs> He what does. a great find. God, that's mm-hmm. so cool. Is it heavy? Is it like it looks like it's made out of like silicone? Is it silicone and foam rubber? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's a bit it's got some weight to it. Oh. You know? Mm. Yeah, he just sits by the bed.
1: As you do. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, dad? That's about right. Him and
2: Red Eye Louie are holding hands <laughs> walking down the hallway. That's how it is at night when my daughter was little, she get I'd be sleeping and I could hear little footsteps, and then I she'd be in my face and she'd be like <laughs> They're like, hi, like, welcome. Shit, do I open my eyes or do I just start stabbing? I don't know. Well, I think <laughs> I think now it's time for like a little
1: bit of payback on our end. I'm looking forward to this now. <laughs> I was going to say, this is usually Jill's least favorite part of the show, but I think we've swung her around. It's time for the estate sale walkthrough. <laughs> okay. For those of you that are new to the show and this is your first episode with us, every week we, I, write up an imaginary estate sale filled with our guests' favorite things. It's completely made up, manufactured, a lot of research goes into it. None of it it. is real. None of it is real. It is completely made up. But yet it's everything you have ever wanted and more. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) And the only catch is you can only pick one of the things from the list of items in each scenario. Are you ready? Mm. I feel yeah. like it's like that. What is that? Um, on the uh, Who wants to be a millionaire when they drop the lights? Oh, yeah. it's like, mm. dong. we should. We need music. Great. We need a dong dong. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we are back in Sin City. We're shopping in a state cell of an old performer who collected everything. We first start picking through all of the old costuming that she's amassed. There's a little bit of everything here. Do you choose from the following: antique feather fans of a burlesque dancer, vintage strongman's leopard leotard, or a trapeze artist's
0: costume? Oh, you can only pick one. Only one. Only one.
2: One each. Yeah, one each. What
1: is Feather Fans? So, like, you know, the big, wide... No, I meant, like, on Jeopardy. <laughs> as oh, <my> well, exactly. <laughs> I was like, am I going to teach you something? Like, what is... All right, yeah, I'm yeah. going with Feather Fans. Yeah, me too. What about you, Josh? Well, if
0: the leopard leotard would fit. It yeah, does. It's so, your size. The shoe fits. The fits.
1: <laughs> he was a strong man.
0: Right. I mean... Take that I as you will. I don't know about
1: torch with- protection in <laughs> it, though. So, mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, I would probably go with the leopard leotard because I think that would be harder to find than anything else.
1: Yeah, it's a rare one. To buy them all up. Yeah. yeah. Can't get
0: them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> People. Yeah, yeah. This lady had cornered the damn market <laughs> in her mm-hmm. desert home order right. <laughs> next we have some decor items to peruse we are choosing from some of the most elaborate items in her home do you choose the emerald green velvet curtains with gold trim and tassels a set of fringed lamp shades set on art deco bases or a mid-century spider lamp
2: you no 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 spider
1: oh they're so cute no Mm. I'll let Josh go first on this
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> I would go with the gold fringy.
1: Oh, I know the curtains.
0: Yeah, the gold
1: curtains too. Yeah.
0: hmm They really make a room.
1: They do. Or an opium den, whichever you prefer. Great. Either or.
2: I saw go... this
3: opium den bed one time, and it was like all wood carving crazy. I mean, I was like. Whoa.
0: Pinterest. Right?
3: Maybe you want to start doing opium. Maybe.
0: Well, I
1: mean, it is 2021. Not. Nothing's off the table yet.
0: It's all legal, I guess.
1: <laughs> it's true. I, I do grow him. flowers. So next on the list, opium poppies. <laughs> Mom, where can I get those seeds? Mom, will you start these for me? My mom's starting a bunch of flowers right now. It's a real oh, niche okay. joke. <laughs> no, know, I'm like, I'm going to choose um, the, the spider lamp because it's on my list. You can have that. They're so cool. I'm going to go with the curtains. The curtains? Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm just going to do that to my living room and get velvet curtains. And then this last question is a bit of a time, time traveler question. We have our a mothball time machine that we borrowed from Bill and Ted that we use occasionally on the episodes. Excellent. And this? Yeah. This <laughs> one is um, if you could time travel to watch any circus in its heyday, uh, an act, who would you go watch from these? Now, these are, I kept these pretty generic for our listeners who may have heard of these or not. So would you go watch Chang and Eng, Grady Styles, or Annie Jones? Mm. If you could watch any of those sideshow acts, which one would you watch?
2: Okay. Um, what are they?
1: Okay. So <laughs> Grady Jones, Grady Styles was Lobster Boy. Oh, okay. Ooh. And then Annie Jones was Camel Girl. Mm-hmm. And then Chang and Nang are the famous and infamous conjoined twins that were connected. Oh, them! Choose them.
3: Show me Chang and <laughs>
0: <laughs> Points uh, to the so, board. So <laughs> Grady Styles is it pre murder or after murder? I
1: didn't know he was murdered.
0: Well, no, no he murdered his daughter's fiance. If
2: he was murdered, oh god! Yeah, I mean, he
0: was like the like. Kind of meanest, like uh, oh, personality. He, he was a real shit show business. Let's go oh, yeah.
1: before. Let's go oh, before great. he was problematic.
0: So right when he was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh shit! Um, I didn't
1: know about that.
0: Oh yeah. No. No. He's a terrible person. You uh, his... didn't know
3: him
0: personally. No. 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 But <laughs> no. His, uh, I, I know his son, and his son's pretty cool. But um, yeah. Uh, but I would go also with the camel girl
1: that's what you i would know? see too
0: i mean yeah chang and ang i mean it was like four inches of skin between them i know but I mean, they not know. not foreskin. skin four <laughs> <laughs> inches of skin
1: common
2: misconception
3: person in real life so i would like to see that me too yeah yeah
1: okay where can our listeners find all of your stuff where can they find you online
3: well, uh, we we've, we've got a lot of uh, stuff on social media, but we only really update like our Facebook mm-hmm. and Perfect. our uh, TikTok.
1: Okay. What is your Facebook and TikTok name? We'll link them.
0: Uh, Strange remains curio shop is the uh, Facebook. You Google that, you pop up. We'll we'll pop up, and then uh, Strange remains curio on TikTok. Okay. That's how you find us on that.
3: Did you watch our TikToks? I heard you mention. I them. did
1: we had that
3: uh, we had one of our videos go viral the one of the mermaid had over a million views whoa and it was cool we got to watch it go like around the world like all of a sudden all these uh people from like um asia started commenting and like the next week it was like people from africa and you, you could literally kind of see the algorithm like travel mm. the world with the comments. They're showing oh. it to all kinds of people. I don't know why that video in particular. There's other ones I think that are a lot more hilarious. They didn't get as big, but for whatever reason this one of the mermaid that we have just blew up.
1: Which and it was isn't it like it's <laughs> a pretty popular gaffe, isn't it? The mermaid. Mm-hmm.
0: That's well, I mean, I mean they're
1: real. Yeah, that's true, sorry. It is. I mean they are. My bad. But well, you know, the happiest bit of information I heard about mermaids this year is that mermaids are most likely plus size because Ooh. they have to have, have to stay you think warm. of seals and whales. You have to stay warm. So technically I'm the closest to You're being like a mermaid. Closest living relative.
3: Yeah. Your avatar. Yeah. Mermaid avatar. Mm-hmm. It's me.
1: Thank you guys so much for sitting down with us today and sharing your story. I can't wait to come over and peruse your collection and drool into a small cup because Mm -hmm. that's what's
3: going to happen. I know. There's so much stuff we didn't even get to talk about. Guess we'll have to have you back.
1: That's how it goes, guys. That's the way it goes. To hear even more about Josh and Jackie's collection, be sure to stay tuned for this week's Curio Corner. I really enjoyed sitting down with the two of them. You know, we had talked about originally sitting with them, but the weekend, Mm -hmm. I think, got away from all of us, and we were like, this is going to work much better if we do it remote.
2: Well, we're so used to doing things remote now Mm -hmm. that it's like, oh, gosh. Wait a minute. I forgot. Yeah. (laughs) It's so much easier to just, like, turn on the camera and be like, here we are.
1: Yeah, because I was, you know, all the stuff's at my house the recording equipment and so and it's all set up in the office where you and i record every week and i was like oh shit i have to pack so much stuff for this
2: and it's like we forget how much there is too yeah. because in the beginning we were still going to people and like setting it up wherever mm-hmm. and now it's just like we've expanded so much with our equipment that it was like oh we need a little um roadie yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm excited though for the vaccine and stuff to roll out and things to go back to what our new normal is, and then people can just come here. Yes, I did local. get
2: my second vaccine today. So, Ooh-hoo. fingers crossed, I am still functional through the weekend. <laughs> yeah. There's been a bunch of us at the office, and it's about a 60 40 split
1: of what like, happens after the second dose.
2: Yeah. Like 60% of them have gotten sick and the other 40 is just kind of icky. So, well, so I'm drinking whiskey. So Which I, sh-
1: it's, I refer to this like outside of this as podcast whiskey because it's an advertisement on some of the podcasts I listen to. I wonder if we should reach out and be like, hey, Screwball Whiskey, you want to sponsor the show?
2: I know. It's so good. So if anybody is wondering, Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, you should try it.
1: That's really I delicious. Told, I told you, I was like, you have to bring me some when we record on Sunday. I will. Because we have a special Patreon interview this Sunday. We do. We're going to sit down with Hayden Peters again to talk, take a deeper dive into the world of mourning and sentiment, especially with Valentine's Day right around the corner. We're going to cut. Oh, I
2: can't wait. He's so elegant. Oh,
1: I know. He's so, and yeah, he's the coolest. I'm really excited to sit down with him again. We had really yeah. enjoyed having him on last time and if you want to hear we also released a really special episode on the patreon we released my episode with my grandmother mm-hmm. i say my episode because i recorded with her at the beginning of the summer or like the middle of the summer and obviously my grandmother is elderly so we decided together that it was probably best that i go by myself and also my grandma was like no strangers please i don't want strangers <laughs> in my she house was so- Funny about yeah. it too. She was like, "No, I just you." <laughs> so, if you want to listen to my grandmother's episode and all of the future bonus episodes, be sure to check out the link tree in our Instagram, which takes you right to the Patreon, and you can see all the perks. And we have some new stuff coming um the end of this month and in March. We're excited to share.
2: Yeah, we've got some fun stuff sh- coming up. So, so yeah, check it out, guys. We want you to and in- like be part of our mothballers. Yes, growing.
1: We do had we just had our first mothball cocktail hour, and it was so fun
2: it was it was so fun to sit down with Julia. she's mm-hmm. so like and Melissa was with us mm-hmm. and it was so fun
1: and we had so for those of you on the patreon that are listening or those of you that would like to join the patreon, the cocktail hour will be the last Sunday of every month at twelve thirty our time mountain standard time every month we'll get on it will be video you could have your video on or not. we dress up this time we did Golden girls, we had a golden girls themed non-alcoholic and alcoholic cocktail it was delightful and it was a fun thing to do we loved getting to sit down with people and talk and chat antiques I mean where can you talk freely about your collections right Other yeah a group, and it was group full of mothballers
2: I know so yeah it was super fun I hope you guys check it out we've got some really fun people in our group
1: yes and we have some really fun collabs with guests for merch coming up this summer so yeah excited Super it's been really excited. fun we've really we love it every week and we had a lot of fun with Josh and Jackie and I was really excited because we talked a lot about stuff from your childhood on this episode
2: I know yeah
1: I felt like it was a big win that. for Jill
2: I know I-, I was
1: like oh my god I found my people
2: they totally know what I'm talking about because, like, one of the things we talked about were the Polly Pockets.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, okay, my only memory of Polly Pockets was eating the clothing because it just looked like <laughs> a forbidden snack. I know, Jill. I know. So there was, I specifically remember. Was it the, like a crunchy like fruit yeah. snack for yeah. you? There <laughs> so it was the purple dress. And I just remember vividly just, like, popping it in my mouth and giving it a little chomp and then spitting it back out. It's not good, guys. Don't eat it.
2: Good. It's good that you, you're like brain kicked in and like, nope. It's surprising,
1: I know, but sometimes this old tinker. I know, person. my, yeah.
2: <laughs> I My sister and I never felt the urge to eat them. So
1: I did it for you. You know,
2: that okay. I'm glad somebody checked <laughs> that out. You're welcome. <laughs> the least I could do. But so the first designs of the Polly Pocket were by Chris Wiggs in 1983 for his daughter, Kate. Oh, spell check. I know. All are Kate's. I know. (laughs) And he actually used a makeup powder compact. And he fashioned a small house for the tiny doll. Uh, bluebird toys of swindon england licensed the concept and the first Polly pocket toys appeared in stores in 1989 mattel held the a distribution arrangement with bluebird toys for Polly pockets items in the early 1990s i was about to say the early 1900s i'm Which so technically used to stop I- <laughs> the late
0: 1900s
1: <laughs> oh jesus
2: Know, my daughter said, so back in the 1900s, I was like, stop.
1: You're like, Get out of my house. <laughs> Get out. The so raccoon. no. So
2: back in the early 1990s. <laughs> in
0: 1998,
2: while production lulled, Bluebird Toys endured multiple hostile takeover attempts until Mattel finally purchased them later that year. The sets made by Bluebird Toys are now valuable collectibles. So listen up, guys. If you find Polly Pockets that are made by the Blooper toys, hold on to it.
1: I just want to ask, multiple hostile takeovers? Like, hostage? Like, what's happening? I don't know. When I read that, I was like, I
2: just, like, see, like, the guy, like, holding the Polly Pocket, Like, give me what I want. <laughs> gonna crush or the doll goes in the garbage.
1: <laughs> it's like um in Shrek where they have the gingerbread man on the cookie tray. Yeah. And he's like, no the gumdrop buttons that's what's happening but he's cutting up her tiny clothes with shears i know
2: melting it with a lighter (laughs) stripping that that sounds hostile to me so i'll believe it that's how our minds work (laughs) (laughs) so the original Polly pocket toys were plastic cases which opened to form a dollhouse or other play sets with Polly pocket figurines less than an inch tall. And then the dolls folded in the middle like the cases and had a circular base, which slotted into holes in the case interior, allowing them to stand securely and particularly at particular points in the house. I just remember we would like jam them in so hard that after a while they just would never stay.
1: Yeah. She was like, well, This is, if you treat things like this, Jill, they don't stay intact for a while.
2: Treat them nicely and they'll treat you nicely. This is also That's a what point. my grandma used to say. <laughs> is
1: this how you'd like to be treated. It also says to so like, I mean, you think about the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s and parents did not give a shit about choking hazards. Oh, no because they're just like here have these tiny dolls that also their clothing looks delicious. Take it. Bye. We're also not going to lock the house or give you a house key. See you later.
2: Don't answer the door for anybody. Nobody. I just remember her telling my mom telling me that because she had to go to work. It's like, don't answer the door for anybody.
1: You're like anybody.
2: But like, what if it's you and you forgot your key? I'm like, sorry, I can't. And, but you told me not to. Mm -hmm. And now you're yelling at me and I'm confused.
1: (laughs) I, the rules were unclear, Mom. I need, like,
2: a list of okay people. <laughs> Please, Mom. In 1998, though, Mattel redesigned the Polly Pocket, and the new dolls were larger with more lifelike appearances than the original dolls, which, I'm were like they, God. though? So they were, what, two inches? I know. Um But it does say that she had straight ponytail rather than the curly bob hairstyle used previously. Mm. And the following year, Mattel also introduced Fashion Polly, which used the same characters from the new Polly Pocket, but they came in the form of three and three quarter inch.
1: Oh, you know what I would have done? I would have made those the giants attacking the small town of regular size Polly Pocket.
2: Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure most kids did. Yeah. Attack! Like, that was the cool group that just came and smashed your home.
1: Yeah, yeah. With giant Polly's.
2: Um, but yeah, so then it just goes on to, like it. like, most toys, they lead into, like, clothing and games. And then those would, like, lead off to, like, TV shows and all that kind of stuff. But... They're still, like they said, they did a relaunch in 2010 with them, which I kind of remember because my, daughter, my kids were three at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, oh, my God, Polly Pockets. And then I'm like, no, you can't have those. You'll choke. Yeah, a good job. You know, that, that mom brain kicked in just in time.
1: <laughs> Proud of you.
2: Uh, yeah, but so in February 2018, they announced on Instagram that Polly Pocket would be making a comeback to call it a comeback.
1: <laughs> but
2: I mean, it's so like it's so much like all toys. They just Yeah, they come just back.
1: circle back over and over again and I have waited for this to circle back. The next
2: I you know what? I'm surprised it hasn't.
1: Yet. I'm surprised the next 1980s comeback that has not happened that I'm really surprised hasn't was when they it came out of frame like slowly up from the bottom of the zoom screen we just I, saw his mohawk first and we both He ins- got
2: so excited to show us and oh we were my just like what god is he, what is he getting
1: So he like gets up he leaves he comes back and does this slow reveal and when Jill and I saw the top of this gremlins head <laughs> Well you heard it I it's just it's the theme of the show yeah. it's like I didn't know that was collectible or like obviously people are collecting movie memorabilia but to have a full size gremlin from the movie incredible yeah.
2: except I don't think I would have that gremlin I'd want the girl gremlin that was like in
1: yes what was it two? Two or, yeah she had the hot pink lipstick and the
2: yes oh the cup. wig
1: yes yeah. yeah so for those of you who are unfamiliar gremlins was a 1984 American comedy horror film. This is, of course, from Wikipedia. It was directed by Joe Dante. And the story of Gremlins, it follows this young man who receives a strange creature called a mugway as a pet, which then spawns into other creatures who transform into small, destructive, evil monsters. And they wreak havoc on the whole town on Christmas Eve. So technically, it's a Christmas movie. So add it to your roster.
2: Yes, I do remember. Mm-hmm. Adding it to my traditions. Yes.
1: And Gremlins actually draws on a lot of like folklore and like, um, oh, what's folklore stories and urban legends and different things like that of these creatures called Gremlins. So in the British Royal Air Force going back to World War II, the film stars Zach Gallagher and Phoebe Cates along with, who would have guessed, Howie Mandel providing the voice of gizmo mm-hmm. did you, i had no idea
2: i knew that because i remember watching him on a show and they were interviewing him and they were like you gotta do the voice and they like did the voice and
1: yeah yeah so it's, it's the show follows the story of randall peltzer he was a struggling inventor and he was visiting a chinatown antique store in the hope of finding a present for his son in the store, he encounters this small, furry creature called a mugway, which in Cantonese means devil. And the owner, Mr. Wing, refuses to sell the creature. However, his grandson secretly sells the mugway to Randall. Those pesky grandkids. And he, remem- he reminds him to remember three very important rules. Yes. Do not expose it to light, especially sunlight, which will kill it. Do not let it come into contact with water. And above all, Jill... Don't feed it after midnight.
2: Yes, those were the three rules I stuck to when my twins were toddlers.
1: I'm doing it now.
2: Yeah, they are very important to stick
1: to, Mm -hmm. Sam. Mm -hmm. So if you've seen Gremlins, he comes home, he gives his son this cutie thing. I just
2: remember like little gizmo coming up. He's like, Uh. look, why? Look, why?
1: (laughs) It's the cutest thing. And then, of course, we all know what happens. They turn into the the devils that they are in these yeah because
2: like he got he ate mm-hmm. and then he got wet and then he like popped him out of his back and yeah. i was just like Man.
1: it's pretty uh gnarly so it was one of the earliest like horror movies i remember watching as a kid and i remember going through the video store and seeing the gremlins cases and being like oh that looks pretty good and then <laughs> terrifying Terrifying. Let's look up the names. Okay. So we had Gizmo, who is the Sweetie Sweets. Yeah. And he's played by Howie Mandel, voiced by. And then you have Stripe, who is voiced by Frank Welker. And he is like the opposite of Gizmo. Yeah.
2: He was like the gang leader.
1: Mm-hmm. He's a bad mama Jamma. Which, okay, maybe there's a discrepancy in the Gizmo-Stripe thing. So... Stripe was supposed to be gizmo, but then Steven Spielberg was like, We can't do that because gizmo's too cute. Um, which is like, Steven, sit down, it's fine. I gotta hey, find out.
2: He, he just knew he could make more money off of gizmo toys.
1: It's, yeah, not a lie. Oh man, here's the girl. Ah, uh, she would make a great Halloween costume. Her name's Greta, and yes. she has a full chest, a bright yes. green wig bright red lips she's got those like hollywood waves a feather boa and a leopard print two-piece so yeah she could party she could party and gremlins had critical acclaim it instantly became a cult classic and is well revered by cinemaphiles to this day real imaginative let's see how bad they screw up the gremlin sequel i know yeah Be bummed about it bummed about it
2: I know. I just remember once Gizmo had his weird babies. Like, that's what I thought he was having. He was giving birth. Yeah. And then it was like, I was so confused. I was like, okay, so why is he producing evil babies if he's still good? Like, there's a lot of like open ended questions that never got answered. Well, I mean,
1: lots of people appear really good on the outside, but are actually filled with devils on the inside jill points at herself me it's me <laughs> and yeah we talked about a lot of um pop culture centric because they collect a lot of pop culture centric. which i things. did
2: not expect no
1: I was that going
2: yeah. into it, i thought it was just gonna be like all those cool circus stuff <laughs> and then they were like oh we have this from this movie and we have this and this movie and one of the things <laughs> you and i were both like she had her engagement ring was from the series True Blood.
1: Which was my biggest guilty pleasure to watch.
2: So we never could afford HBO because we had twins. Mm-hmm. So anytime we got a free one, I would just watch as many as I could. Yes. And then like when we get another free preview, I would just be like, God, I hope it just like pick, like I can pick back up and like...
1: I didn't watch it until like HBO go or whatever the first iteration of that was came out and somebody gave me their login and I just lived underneath a blanket in my living room. Cause yeah. it's before I had a child and I could just yeah. binge watch my own TV.
2: I just remember I'd be exhausted. My twins would be like doing whatever. And I would just kind of put them in a corner where they couldn't see the TV mm-hmm. yeah, and just like watch when I
1: could. Yeah. It was, it's such a great show.
2: It is. It's, so it's an American fantasy horror drama television series produced and created by Alan Ball. And it's based on the Southern Vampire Mysteries, a series of novels by Charlene Harris. So it revolves around S- Suki Stackhouse, and she's a telepathic waitress living in fictional rural town of Bon Louisiana, and it's set two years after the invention of synthetic blood product branded True Blood that has allowed vampires to come out of the coffin. They let their presence be known to mankind and chronicles um, chronicles the vampire struggle for equal rights and assimilation while anti-vampire organizations begin to gain power. Suki's world is turned upside down when she falls in love with a 173 year old vampire Bill Compton, played by Stephen Moyer. And for the first time, she must navigate the trials and terrors of intimacy and relationships
1: with a vampire.
2: With a vampire. And I just kept thinking, I was like, huh, am I telepathic? Because sometimes I think I am. <laughs> Are you 100- going to find your Bill? I just remember being so tired that I'd just be like, yeah, I could totally see this happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. We're there. We're almost there. I read part of the books and watched the series. And in the books, one of my favorite characters doesn't die. But he dies in the beginning of True Blood, which, spoiler alert, Oh, when Lafayette yeah. dies, I was like, man, fuck this show. But I'm also still going to watch because I was an Eric I stan. I like, I liked Eric. Swedish I surprise.
2: I know. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. I know. I know. I just remember oh gosh. Man, I need to get HBO. I need I need to binge watch this again. <laughs>
1: yes. We both do. That and Gremlins. I'm
2: pretty sure I missed like half the like the middle.
1: Yeah. Which is all right. It's, it's okay. fine. That's how
2: that's how I watched Game of Thrones. Oh,
1: so. Right. You can just skip the whole last season and it'll still be better for you.
2: Yeah, let's
1: say. <laughs> well, and our, is Anna Paquin and Stephen Moyer still married? Ooh, I don't know. Let's let's check it.
2: I hope so. I I'm not too. gonna lie. I was really excited.
1: <laughs> like a real it's couple. real life.
2: And then he gets Oh, they're still like,
1: married. Yes. They're still married.
2: How and long have they been married for now?
1: Since two thousand ten.
2: Good job, guys.
1: Yeah, they got married in two thousand ten. And they have four children they have four children together
2: do they really yeah
1: cute little vampire babies
2: little psychic vampire
1: babies yeah it's very adult uh twilight
2: yeah it totally was Mm -hmm. much better
1: yeah i loved that show and i remember watching it and it was like when things were still raunchy without being a like it was still a surprise that things were raunchy. Now, it's just like, oh, okay, it's raunchy.
2: I know. It'd be like watching it and be like, Ooh,
1: oh, oh, oh.
2: <sighs> and then you're like hoping nobody's like going to come through the door.
1: <laughs> right. It's not a watch with your parents kind of show. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> I
2: know. My mom asked me one time. She's like, have you heard of that true blood? It's about vampires. No, mom.
1: No, I don't know what that is. My mom would die. God.
2: oh my mom she'd kill me if she knew this but she probably doesn't listen to this but she she was like she's like you need to watch it it's so good she's yes! like yes she's like it gets really good and i'm like mother i love it. i need to think of you as a puritan and they <laughs> don't
1: yeah like a barbie without parts you don't have parts yeah
2: i'm like mom that that time in your life is done with <laughs>
1: My mom says this thing that my husband absolutely abhors and she'll say, oh, he's yummy. Oh, he's yummy. And my husband just goes like, bleh, bleh, mom, don't. So now to get back at my husband, if I see somebody that's good looking, I go, oh, they're yummy. And he's like, stop it, Jocelyn. Like, no, that's what you get. I know, I'm like, it's yummy.
2: I know. My mom, yeah. She tried to get me to uh, read The Fifty Shades of Grey.
1: Man, your mom yeah. can party.
2: Well, no, mo- both my mom and my grandma had read those. Wow. And I just didn't know really what it was about. And um, <laughs> they, we were sitting together and they're like, have you read The Fifty Shades of Grey? Like, no, I was like, I don't even really know what it is. I just keep seeing it. And my sister's like, don't do it.
1: Oh, and God. I was like,
2: why? And she was like, because I went off the recommendation about how good that show or that books are. Mm-hmm. And now I'm scarred for life for the fact that my mom and my grandma mm-hmm. both enjoyed them highly. And I'm like, Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> you, get to, you can get the sparks note edition of it. Just get a real <laughs> brief synopsis of 50 shades. Like, that's all I need to know. Good to know. That's it. I think, yeah, I don't, I'm going to have to ask my mom. I'll call her tomorrow and go, hey, mom, do you read this book? I highly doubt it. Yeah, it's yummy. I read those books. I ate them up. And I remember I had maybe partaken in a small amount of marijuana. (laughs) And I was reading it on my nook. And I was sitting downstairs on Laundry Mountain because I was, let's face i'm still that way but i was downstairs in my apartment my first apartment on laundry mountain and uh reading it and i remember (laughs) thinking that my nook was melting into my hands and then i was like time to go to bed you shouldn't be reading this right now with the state your mind is in because
2: no you're like the universe is trying to tell me something right now and i must listen
1: i must listen so anyways great cut that keep that it's embarrassing it's whatever (laughs) But now I'm much cooler and the documentaries I watch are oh, way cooler. Sorry. And uh, <laughs> we started watching this. I've talked I've talked about it a little bit before. So I started watching this Netflix documentary, which I love documentaries. And this one is called The Secrets of the Saqqara Tomb. And we started it. My husband and I started it one evening and it is captivating, you know, you, I love a good documentary, but the way they lead you through the discoveries of the tombs that are in Saqqara and they only have like with any type of research team or whatever exploration team, they only have a certain amount of time to search something before their funding runs out. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to find as many objects that would make this place like extend the funding, which I'm also like, this is garbage. We should be funding this anyways. Yeah. And they go through and they end up finding, I'm not going to spoil it in case you guys want to watch it, but it's on Netflix right now. And they end up finding this area that there are like hundreds of cat mummies. And when I saw the picture that they had, which we'll, have, of course, have that up on the Instagram. When I saw it, looks exactly like what they pulled out of that tomb. Exactly. I wonder if I can show you here.
2: Yeah. So, I I love anything Egyptian. Like, I am a sucker for it. I'm surprised I haven't seen this documentary yet. But uh-huh. when they showed the the cat, I about, like, lost my mind.
1: It is. Yeah. I'm showing Jill the picture of the lion. But the stuff, the things they uncover inside of this tomb is definitely different than other types of documentaries you see about ancient Egypt. And they give a real world perspective into where these historical sites are actually in approximation to the closest city. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was just so cool to watch. I highly, highly recommend that you, if you have Netflix, please go watch that. It's like a four or five part series. It is so cool. It's so cool.
2: Yeah, I'm totally going to watch it. I love that stuff.
1: I'm a sucker for a good documentary. Yeah, and it came out this year in October, well, 2020.
2: Well, that's probably why I haven't watched it, because I was super busy
1: at work. Oh, right. So it's called Saqqara um, in Sanskrit. it's a What it means is it's a vast ancient burial ground serving as a necropolis for the ancient Egyptian capital. So this was where, like, everybody and everything of meaning was buried in these tombs. But of course they've been covered by sand and time and forgotten all of those things. But that was really all we covered outside of what Josh and Jackie shared with us today. Yeah.
2: They were super knowledgeable in all their stuff. Really. I can't
1: wait to go see their stuff.
2: I know. I can't. I'm, we'll have to leave our bags in the car. Cause I'm pretty
1: sure they'll be worried. Yes. That we're going to steal stuff. And we want to say thank you to everybody who listens every week and supports the show to see everything we talked about on today's episode. Be sure to check out our Instagram, the Mothball Prophecies Original, our Facebook under the same name, our website, themothballprophecies.com. And Jill and I want to dedicate this next portion to our Patreon subscribers We are so, so thankful for you guys. Your contributions this month helped us pay for Gray, our marvelous editor, and the hosting of the show, the website hosting. It is very helpful. And we want to thank you guys individually. And you guys should be getting your first shipment of Patreon goodies coming out. And we will be releasing... Yes, those went out. ...February's Patreon goodies this week. So I want to thank
2: Julia in Sweden. And Jasmine in Kentucky. Kyla
1: in Indiana. Mandy and Riley in California. TC Lionel, Melissa, Christina, and Erica in Idaho. To join our
2: Patreon and see the tiers listed, visit the link tree in our Instagram bio. We have monthly perks, like we said, for each tier with new goodies coming all year long.
1: And they're good. They're super good. I'm just going to say one thing for next, for February. February is Fire King. Fire King. Fire King. That's all I'm saying. And to see what we're up to, follow along with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Mothball Prophecies Original. And to watch our latest finds on TikTok at the Mothball Prophecies. We would also love to hear your stories of things you've collected or odd things you've come across, weird family heirlooms. Whatever you have, please send us an email at prophecies at gmail.com or you can call us at our Google phone number to tell us all about it at 208 274
2: Yep, And like we said, we want to give a big thanks to our support team, Gray, for making us sound good every single week, mm-hmm. and Spellcheck to making us look good on paper.
1: Seriously, without her, nothing would be written well or no. punctuated.
2: And many spell errors. <laughs> yes,
1: that's why she's Spellcheck.
2: That's right.
1: As always, we hope you find some good shit.
2: And we hope you remember to always look under the tables. Bye! Yeah!